0: Welcome to Hope for the Home. Here at Faith Baptist Church, we take the home very seriously. We believe that God's Word will give us just what we need to heal, to build, to encourage, and to strengthen our families. On this new podcast, you'll hear various speakers bring their personal lives and the Word of God together and apply these truths to dating, marriage, training of our children, even growing old together. I'm sure you'll enjoy these messages based on the Word of God. There will be new messages every week, and it's our prayer that these messages will bring you hope for the home. The Song of Solomon, but we're not studying the Song of Solomon. We're studying the way that the, the bride and the groom treated each other, that's all. We're not, uh, we're not studying it typically, or the typology of it. We're just simply trying to find how this young bride and this young groom treated each other. Chapter 5, tonight, we're going to spend our time, uh, most of chapter 5 we're going to cover tonight. And the title of our Bible study is how they treated each other when they were apart. There's the there they were, uh, uh, he was sort of coming and going here. He would come for a while, he'd go back, and he'd be gone for a while, then come back to her, then be gone for a while. And tonight, how did they treat each other in their in their absence and in their um, coming and going from each other? In verse number two, the Song of Solomon, chapter five, I sleep, but my heart waketh. It is the voice of my beloved that knocketh, saying, Open me, my sister, my love, my dove, my undefiled, for my head is filled with dew, and my locks, the drops of the night. I put off my coat, how shall I put it on? I have washed my feet, how shall I defile them? My beloved put his hand by the hole of the door, and my bowels, and that word bowels there is translated heart, uh, what it means is my affection. Many times in the Bible the word bowels means affection. Many times it means heart. So it comes to that word. I don't want any snickering at all. I want you to realize it's a very beautiful word. that has to do with the heart. It says, My beloved put his hand to the hole of the door, and my bowels were moved for him. I rose up to open to my beloved, and my hands dropped with myrrh, and my fingers with sweet-smelling myrrh upon the handles of the lock." I look down in verse number 8. I charge you, O daughters of Jerusalem, if ye find my beloved that you tell him that I am sick of love, or love-sick, if you please. What is thy beloved more than another beloved, O thou fairest among women? What is thy beloved more than another beloved, that thou dost so charge us? Then she goes on to discuss the the uh, attractiveness of her her uh, groom. My beloved is white and ruddy, the chiefest among ten thousand. His head is as the most fine gold, his locks are bushy, and black as a raven. His eyes, there's the eyes of the doves, with the rivers of waters washeth milk and fitly set. Now, the, the, all of these figures sound sort of dumb to us. You don't look at your wife and say, Your eyes are like rivers of waters, washeth milk and fitly set. That wouldn't do a thing to her at all. It says, um, verse 13, His cheeks are as a bed of spices. You don't look at your husband and say, You remind me of my spice cabinet. I, you don't do that. Uh, but now you see, every, every generation and every civilization has its own figures of speech. Now before you get too harsh with these people, let me remind you of some things that we say. Uh, we talk about the body. A, a brazen look, a square jaw, a pot belly, a barrel chest, steely eyes, the calf of the leg. Now that calf of the leg is dumber than what they said here about, about this guy's legs and so forth. And uh, these are just figures of speech that are used. Now in verse number 16, His mouth is most sweet, Yea, he is altogether lovely. This is my beloved, and this is my friend, O daughters of Jerusalem. Again, I say that in this chapter uh, 5, the the uh, bridegroom is gone, and then he's back, and uh, then he's gone. And uh, I want us to discuss the way that they... They treated each other in their absence and in their presence. Our Heavenly Father bless our study tonight. I sure would like to think that, that many of our people, I'm talking about young couples, I'm talking about older couples, I'm talking about folks who been married 25, 30, 35, 40, 45, 50, 55 years. I'm talking about every married person in this room. I sure would like to think that there'll be a sweetness and a new, a new and fresh relationship. Because of these studies that we shared for these weeks, and especially bless our study tonight, please, Amen. And now, Father, we come to the book. Help us to study it right and rightly divide it, please. Help us, Amen. All that right, set up straight. The right this way. I uh, I will not be real lengthy tonight, which means we'll be here probably a couple of hours. But I uh, I I do not think we'll be here as long as usual. We're discussing tonight one of the most important parts of a marriage, and that is the saying goodbye and the saying hello, the leaving and the re-entry time. Nobody knows this any better than I do. I've been leaving on Monday and coming back on Wednesday for many, many long, long years. I, I lead a life, uh, two days a week away from home. And then I come back and I have to get adjusted. I'll be quite frank with you. When I walk in teacher meeting on Wednesday night, I usually feel a little bit like a guest. Uh, if you've been gone for two days somewhere and you've been busy for those two days and come back home and everything looks so different when you get back home, uh, teacher's meeting, it's, it, it, uh, I have to, I have to work on myself to adjust myself. And when I go home, I usually go home, uh, Wednesday afternoon at 4.30 and, uh, uh, I've been gone since, uh, Monday morning. Uh, the house often looks strange. It looks a bit different to me. Uh, you see, I've been, I've been on a trip to the airport. Now let's just take this week, for example. I, uh, I went to the airport Monday, uh, morning. I stayed at the airport a couple hours and worked out there in the, uh, one of the, one of the, uh, rooms provided. For frequent flyers, and I called an airplane, and I flew to Nashville, Tennessee. I was met at Nashville, Tennessee with two preachers and driven an hour and a half drive down to Athens, Alabama. I got out of the car, I checked in a motel, and I stayed in the motel, ate a bite, and checked, and, and, and was picked up at five minutes to seven to go to the service. I went to the service, I preached on Monday night, heard, heard Dr. Dennis call preach, and I preached on Monday night after he did. And then I signed Bibles for about t- ten days. Um, and I signed, and I signed, and I signed, and I signed, and and uh, then after that I got home. Got to bed about a quarter of twelve. I uh, got up the next morning in time to eat a bite of breakfast at the little, um, have a little continental breakfast there at the hotel. I Ate a bite of breakfast, some cereal, and a bagel, and and then I studied for a while, made a few phone calls, and then I went to church and I heard a sermon and I preached. After that, we had a luncheon for all the Christian workers, and after that, I had a question answer session. After that, I went back to the room. Dr. Carl wanted to talk to me for a while. Talked to him about 45 minutes about revival fires. Went back to the office, called the office, spent an hour and 15 minutes on the telephone. At that that, that time, it's time to eat and go back and preach. Went back and preached. I heard Dr. Carl preached last night, and I preached after he did. And then once again, fellowship for a while. Went back to the room, got up this morning at 445, which was driven an hour and 35 minutes to Nashville. Caught a plane in Nashville, went back to O'Hare Field, got to O'Hare Field, got in the... I got in the, uh, uh bus, so Hairfield, i gonna go back to Highland, got in the car, drove out to the college, conducted chapel, had a faculty meeting, went to the office out there and worked for two hours, and then came home. Now by the time I did all of that, my house looked mighty strange to me, and I lived with a strange woman. I, uh, uh, I know what the Bible means when it says beware of a strange woman, but, uh, but I, uh, you'd be, you'd be amazed. Now uh uh ladies we don't live there like you do and I'll, t- I'll i'll talk about that in a few minutes but this re-entry time and this goodbye time and the time that we're part is a very very important and in fact it may be one of the two or three most important things about marriage now I want you to notice how this couple handle it and if you'll do what they did it'll it'll enrich your marriage i promise you that now I want you to look please at verse number 2 of chapter number five. Before I read this, I want to remind you at this particular time that the, her husband was gone. I sleep, but my heart waketh. It is the voice of my beloved that knocketh saying, Opening my sister, my love, my dove, my undefiled. My head is filled with dew and my locks are the drops of the night. Alright, look at me. There are three things I want you to notice about this verse concerning their being apart and the re-entry time. The first thing is she thought about him when they were apart. She was in bed. The Bible says that, uh, that uh, I sleep, but my heart waketh. She thought about him when they were apart. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, meditation is simply the intensifying of a feeling. You stop and think for a while how tough you have it, and you'll have it tougher and tougher and tougher the longer you think about it. Somebody's mistreated you. You stop and think about how they've mistreated you, and you'll get madder and madder and madder and madder and madder. And madder. The old story about the fellow down out of the gas out in the desert. It was 10 miles to the nearest service station. He got it, he had to walk 10 miles to the nearest service station. From that, it was 25, 30 miles on to another one. He got to walking. He got thinking. He, this guy'll know that there's only one service station within walking distance, and this guy's going to charge me more money than than than, than gas is worth. And he started, kept on walking. He said, "This guy's probably going to charge me twice as much." He kept on walking. He got mad at the guy. I never had met him before. He got mad at him. By the time he got there, he punched him out and said, "You can have your stupid gasoline." And went back to his car. Now the, on, the honest, simple truth is that that. Now, what he had done, he had thought himself into a frenzy. Now, just as you can think yourself into more anger, you can take a little bit of love that you have for your husband or for your wife, and you can think about that and meditate on that, and it will increase and increase and increase and increase. So, the first thing, uh, she thought about him while they were apart. Now, listen to me. You ought to discipline yourself when you are not your husband's at work, or you're at work and he's home doing the dishes and about cleaning the house, uh, whatever it is, you ought to discipline yourself to have times where you think about each other. That's the first thing she did. She thought about her husband while he was away. Uh, second thing, it says, "My heart waketh." That means she loved him while they were apart. Not only did she think about him, but she loved him. Said my heart didn't say my mind waketh, but my heart waketh. Uh in my the heart, once again, is the same as the bowels or the uh, place of affection. So she thought about him while they were apart. And, and by the way, you have to you have to work on that. You got plenty of things that'll keep your mind occupied. You've got to work on it. I carry a little picture of Miss Hiles uh with me. And I keep it in my my suitcase. It's a picture about that big. It looks a little bit like the one on the front of the book. And when I unpack, I put that picture on the nightstand right beside the bed where I sleep. Now, uh, that reminds me of her. And, uh, in fact, the picture looks like her. And um, it's uh, it's actually a movie star, but it looks a lot like Miss Hyle. But, but uh, I, I put it there. Now, why? That reminds me to think about her. And... Uh, uh, so the, the first two things that, that, the, while they're apart, uh, the first two things, uh, she thought about him, and you'll have to do that on purpose. You have to put it in your schedule. Uh, set the alarm clock. Let the alarm go off and it's time to think about him. Uh, and then she loved him while he was away. Now then, in this same verse, it's, it says that while she was thinking about him, in her mind, uh, he, he, she could, she pictured what he was saying. And he said, my love, my sister, my love, my dove, my undefiled. I said this before. They had pet names for each other. Uh, you have, you have a pet name for your husband? You have a pet name for your wife? Uh, a pet like Rover or something like that? Uh, a, uh, uh a chef or, uh,
1: <laughs>
0: but, uh how many of you uh ladies have a pet name for your husband? Raise your hand, would you please? Oh, I want not ask what it is. How many of you guys have a pet name for your wife? Oh, the men have more pet names than the women do. Uh now, for example, no, no talking now. No no talking, no talking. Listen to me, now. I'm up here talking. Uh for example, uh our daughters. I've always called all three of the girls pudding. Cindy's puddin, Linda's pudding, Becky's pudding, I Puddin'. They call me on the phone, I pudding. How you doing pudding? That's what I call them. I've always called Dave Doc. I don't know why. He's always Doc. Now Miss Hiles, I think I call her most. <laughs> I couldn't say it in public. Uh, no, I, I, uh, I, I'll be ready to go, and I say, "Hey, babe, I gotta go." Oh, uh, baby, baby, I gotta go, baby. And uh, I, I, I'll call her baby, and I, that's when I burp her, and uh, and so forth. But. But, uh, uh, now, uh, listen, hey, please don't talk. Hey, oh, don't talk. Now, li- listen to me. I'm trying to help you. Now, everybody won't say something to somebody else. Uh, say it when you get home. But listen to me now. I'm trying to help you marriage. I'm trying to help you home. And I can't do it if you talk with each other, doesn't it? So three things in this one verse. And, uh, uh, that, 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 uh, well, they're apart now. Number one was, she, she, On purpose, that by discipline, she thought of him. Secondly, her heart uh, was was awakened. Uh, Her heart, uh, she loved him while he was gone. And thirdly, she thought of the sweet names he called her. My sister, my love, my dove, my undefiled, and these sweet names that he called her. Now then, I want to skip down to verse number four. Look at verse number four, please. And I want you to notice what verse number four says. I love this verse. My beloved put his hand by the hole of the door. My bowels or my heart or my affections were moved for him. All right, look at me. Here's the guy, he comes home. Now, he's been gone. While he was gone, she thought about him. She loved him. And she relived the the, the 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 names that he had for her, the sweet little names he had for her, and so forth. Now he comes back. He says he puts his hand to the door. And she gets excited. So, this verse teaches that she was excited when he came home. It was a big deal. She was excited when he came home. Now, look at this in carefully. Ladies, do you know that... If you, how many of you ladies do not work outside the home? Raise your hand. Would you please reply? All right, that's hundreds of you. You know that that, that somebody t- took a t- uh, took a poll and found that the average lady who does not work outside the home spends ninety eight working hours. I'm sorry, ninety eight hours awake waking hours. Ninety eight waking hours at home. Now get this. The average man who works an eight-hour job spends 28 waking hours at home. Now, what am I saying? I'm saying that your house is more belongs more to the woman than does the wife. It's your place. Your man is somewhat a guest when he comes in. He's been gone all day. If he drives to work an hour to work, hour back, and gets there 30 minutes or hour early, he takes me three hours going to and from work, eight hours at work. We're talking about 11 hours. Now, eight hours sleep, that's thats 19 hours right there. It only leaves five hours at the most. And if you're going to go to get some gasoline or go to the grocery store, please listen to me, young people. You're going to go to the grocery store? Uh The average man needs more assurance that he's welcome at home than the average woman does. Now, ladies, listen to me. Listen carefully. You need to get excited when your husband comes home, and likewise, I want you to look at the next thing. It said that she she was dripping with myrrh, which means she had some perfume on, which means she looked and smelled nice for him when he came in. Now, listen, if your husband works around women, the prettiest woman he sees all day ought to be that woman he sees when he goes inside his house at night. And the best-dressed woman he sees all day ought to be that woman that he sees when he goes inside the house at night. And the best smelling woman ought to be the woman he sees and goes to that house at night. This little gal, <clears throat> he was coming home. She was excited about it. And she looked and smelled nice for him. Now, ladies, you be your prettiest when your husband comes home. And you be your sweetest when your husband comes home. This this couple, uh, he was gone. She thought about him. She loved him. She thought of the special loving, uh, pet names he had for her. And then she, she heard the doorknob. And all of a sudden, she got excited. Her heart began to beat faster. My sweetheart is home. My husband's home. Uh, my groom is home. And, uh, so she was all dressed up and she had that, uh, alluringly yours behind her ear, you know, and, and expensively yours, and and and, and so forth, and uh, and and she goes to the door, and he looks in there, and there she is, all pretty and nice, and she smells real good, and boy, he feels like he really is welcome home. Now, ladies, every man here is going to agree with what I'm saying right now. When he comes home at night, it is one of the most important times in your marriage. He needs to feel like, and by the way if he's been out there all day working as a, as a mechanic in some greasy car somewhere, he deserves a hero's welcome when he comes home. If he's has been at the steel mill working the grit and the grime of a steel mill or a factory somewhere, listen to me now, he deserves a hero's welcome when he comes home. If he's been out there working to help pay the bills and support you, he deserves a hero's welcome when he comes home. So I'm simply saying you ought to be the prettiest, sweetest, Nicest, kindest, best smelling lady he's seen all day long when he comes home. All right. So she was excited when he came home. She met him at the door. Look at verse number five. Verse number five. I rose to open to my beloved and my hands dropped with myrrh and my fingers with sweet smelling myrrh upon the handles of the lock. Are you listening out right here? No, No talking now. No talking. She, she went, and let me say this, she went to meet him. Now ladies look at me, and don't, 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 don't say something to your husband. I don't, just, just listen to me. When you're, listen now, when your husband comes home, you ought to make a beeline to that door. And if your wife is gone, And she comes home. You ought to make a beeline to her as soon as she gets home. I got in this afternoon, 4.30. I pulled inside the garage, closed the garage. We have one of those little buttons. It closes the garage door. Closed the garage door. The door opened from the house to the garage, and this house came out to the car door. And asked me if I'd take the garbage out. Now... Now, now look, you, you don't know what that means. I mean, uh, and now, now you're not gone for two days like I am. But the honest, simple truth is, what in the, what, what's wrong with you taking just about ten seconds of your time, and when your spouse comes home, you go to the door and give that spouse a good, sweet welcome? And you don't have an old greasy house coat on with your hair rolled up, looks like a bunch of tin cans, your hair rolled out of a bunch of tin cans, a bunch of grease on your face. Looks like the Civil War was just sporting your hair. Looks like somebody taking an egg beater and giving you a hairstyle. I'm saying, uh uh and, and you wonder, well, what's wrong, what's wrong with my marriage? I know what's wrong with it. There was a time before you got married or when you just got married when you have run to that door. Now, I don't care if you've been married 50 days or 50 years. I don't care if you've been married 60 hours or 60 years. If your spouse is gone, that's what they did right here. She heard the doorknob, and she ran to the door. She met him at the door. She looked and smelled nice for him. She gave him a sweet greeting. And I said again, ladies, you ladies that, that, that live at home, you spend all, almost four times as much waking time in your house as your husband does, and you need to make him feel like he is an honored member of the family, because it's your house. Uh, you clean it. Uh, you 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 stay in it, and uh, so so far, when they were apart, she thought about him. She took time to love him. She remembers the pet names he calls her. She meets him at the door. She's attractive and, and has a, a, a sweet fragrance as she goes to the door. And she gives him a sweet greeting at the door because she's genuinely excited because he's home. Look at verse number
1: six.
0: I open him, my beloved... But my beloved had withdrawn himself, was gone. My soul failed when he spake. I sought him, but I could not find him. I called him, but he gave me no answer. Several things I want you to notice Sarah, in the, in the first place, she hated to see him leave. Now, ladies, look at me carefully. Now, this chapter deals mostly with ladies, but I'll get down to the men in a few minutes. But listen to me carefully. Nobody likes to hear a woman say, my husband has been in my hair all day long. He had a day off. Somebody ought give you a degree of idiocy. I'm a degree of, of, of being the moron of the year. Now in the first place, you listen to me. Your marriage is more important than what you've got to do in that house. But your husband ought not to ever feel that he's in the way. And so when he left, she was saddened, and she hated to see him leave. Now, she let him know it. You let your husband know. Boy, I mean, shoot, Miss house and I got married. We went to Phelps, North Carolina. It took me an hour and a half to say goodbye every morning. She kept wanting more money. <laughs> she came home other night. I preached Sunday morning on the on, uh, It's not a bump in the road; it's a bumpy road. And she said, "You got a bump back there. You need to get out." So it's, it's called a billfold, and she took my billfold out and got that bump out. But now, 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 I'm, I'm trying to say that that your husband ought to feel that you don't want him to go, and he ought to know that you don't want him to go. Now, she headed to assembly. Now then, look at verse number eight. Verse number eight. I charge. He's gone now. I charge you, O daughters of Jerusalem, if you find my beloved, tell him that I am sick of love, or I am love sick. What did she do? While he was gone, she told other people how much she loved him. That's the question. Do you ever tell anybody how much you love your wife? You ever tell anybody how much you love your husband? I mean, while well, he's gone, not in front of him. The people know, by the way, it, it would stop an awful lot of philandering if everybody knew how much you love that guy. If you work out somewhere, lady, if you work out in the secular field, and and you're, you're with uh, the, uh, uh, interspersed with men and women in the secular field, You ought to talk about how much you love that husband over and over and over again. One man that I was more about as happy to see as anybody in the whole world was Johnny Costa. I never met him. But he was in the army when Elaine came to the church here, and I got so tick and and tired. I got ticked too. I got so tick and tired. I got so sick and tired of her talking about this guy. Man, I thought he was a combination of Superman, Einstein, Billy Sunday. Didn't know it was Grandma Moses and Mother Time, Father Time, but but she talked about it. Oh, and listen, nobody ever wondered what she thought about it. Now, listen to me, uh, you say, "Oh, but i folks get sick and tired of hearing me talk about how much I love my husband." and My wife, they love you know, get sick and tired of it. Yeah, this gal said said, "Look, if you see my beloved, you tell him I'm lovesick." And uh, so, the, 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 he was gone, and she thought about him, disciplined herself to think about him. Her heart thought about him, Awake, uh, her heart was awakened. She loved him, thought about how much she loved him, meditated about her love for him. She reminded herself of the pet names he called for her. And then when he she heard the doorknob twist, she was excited when he came home. She rushed to the door to meet him. She was all dressed up and she had a a, 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 a a nice fragrance and aroma. She gave him a wonderful, sweet, loving, affectionate greeting. And then when he had to leave, she said, I want you to. Ladies, you all have a southern accent. Southern accents are real sensuous. My wife went to Baker Square. Was Baker Square? She went to Baker Square about two weeks ago to buy a pie. Yeah, for her it's a pie, a pie, a pie. She went to buy a pie, and she said to the lady there, she said, Vacan? apple." She said, "I want apple pie," and the lady looked up and she said, "You make that sound so good." And she called another lady over there and said, listen to how good she makes apple pie sound. So next time you go, ask for apple pie. Now, 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 you ought to get that down. Hey, big boy. Hey, big
1: boy. Say that, ladies. Hey, big boy.
0: Oh, you Yankees can't do it. You'll never do it. There's no hope for the Yankee marriages, none at all. But she convinced him that she hated to see him leave. Now here it is. He's gone. She she schedules to think about him. He is gone. She has scheduled to to love him. And he's gone, and she thinks about all the sweet things he calls her. He comes home. The doorknob opens, and she gets excited, and heart begins to flutter. She runs the door. She's dressed nicely. She has a a sweet fragrance about her. She gives him an affectionate, uh, loving welcome. And when when he has to leave, she tells him how much she hates to see him go. And then while he's gone, she tells others how much she loves him. Now, look at verse number 10, please. Verse number 10. She begins talking about him. Wow, he's gone now. And while he's gone, she tells others how wonderful he is. I, I'm trying to get enough courage to say something, but don't think I should. I no, better not. Uh, she... Legs on him, and tells others how wonderful he is while he's gone. Now let me tell. You, okay, I'll just tell you. Uh, there's nothing suggestive here. She does talk about how strong his legs are, and and how uh, his 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 body. And there's nothing suggestive there. And, and but I'm not going to read all of it because of time. And, one thing she said about him which she was bragging on him, she said his mouth is sweet. His mouth is sweet. Not talking about kissing there. She's talking about sweet things come from his mouth. Ask a question, fellas. How long has it been since you said to your wife, you're wonderful? You said, sweetheart. You've gained some weight. How long is it been? Hey, she said his mouth is sweet. Can your husband said. And your wife say it about you? His mouth is sweet. He says sweet things. Now fellas, if you can't take me anything true, lie about it. Make up something. Uh say you are a real woman. Um. How long has it been? Ask a question, fellas. Look at me now. How? Lo- listen to me. How long has it been, fellas? And about somewhere in the laughter, I hope you'll learn how to be a good husband. And somewhere through all the laughter, I hope you ladies will transform the way you treat your husband. How long has it been since you said to your wife, You're sweet? Please listen to me. How long has it been? I'm going to ask the wife's answer. No, I won't either. But how long has it been? How long has it been since you said to your wife, you're great, you're fabulous? Or how about this? You're lovely. Now, listen carefully. Before you ladies get a little too upset because your husband hasn't said those sweet things, It might be that you might try to be wonderful, sweet, great, and lovely. Now I'm going to say something I've said before. Please listen to me. No talking now. Good night. I hate stopping. Listen carefully now. I'm trying to help you. If you wanted to help somebody as bad as I want to help you, you'd want them to hear you. I forgot what I was going to say because some folks were talking. Uh, I'll think of it in a minute here. Uh, No, I won't either. But, all right, now listen. It says, she says, his mouth is sweet. Well, you say, I'm just not the kind that expresses it. Well, get on your knees and become the kind that expresses it. Something else she said, now like this. She said that she's bragging on her husband. She said his lips are like lilies, dropping sweet-smelling myrrh. Now, I want you to listen carefully to this. First thing she said is, lips are like lilies. What she said is, I love to kiss him. I love to kiss him. Now, I don't want you snickering. I want you to listen to me. This little peck kissing, like a couple of chickens putting their beaks together, is not the idea. She said his lip, or like lilies. Bring the kiss back in your marriage. I'm talking about romantic kiss. Bring it back into your marriage. Now I understand you gain a lot of weight and you've got to bend over farther to get to her lips. I understand that. But, 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 but bring the kiss back in your marriage. It was Tom Vogel and his Vogel's daughter, Esther, got married. And, of course, Esther's one of our fine young ladies. And she didn't know what it's like to get to kiss a boy when she got married. She went home after she got married, after she'd been, been kissing him. And she said to her mom and dad, she said, boy, that kissing is great. You college students and high school students, you do really have something to look forward to. It ain't bad at all. Now, bring a kiss back in your marriage. She said, his mouth is sweet. Most sweet. His lips are like lilies. Now I want you to something else. Listen carefully. She says, his lips are like lilies, dropping sweet smelling myrrh. He watched his breath. Didn't say, his lips are like lilies after he's eaten onions. The average man does not watch his person enough. I never go anywhere. I don't care if I'm preaching on the road, though it's dangerous preaching out there on the road. But I do it. I'm in the truck stop ministry. But... If I'm preaching, the last thing I do before I go to my car, I get my Bible and and I use the same kind of uh, cologne all the time. I think it's uh, Chanel number 5. I'm not sure. Um, I use the same kind of, it's, it's called, I won't know what the make is, but it's a musk oil. The last thing I do before I leave the house, before I go to bed at night, before I go preach, the last thing I do is I pick some... Must call. And, and, you'd be, you'd be amazed how many times I get in the car and a preacher says, what, what, what is that you're wearing? What is that you're wearing? And, uh, uh I, I keep Banaka Company in business. That beats brushing your teeth. I am, and and I'm no good example of this, but I'll tell you what, I am so conscious about my person. Um, this woman talking about her husband, she said his lips are like lilies and his breast smells like perfume. What she said. So fellows gargle with some perfume before you kiss her. He watched his breath. Now then, that one thing she said when she was bragging about him to these other gals, she bragged on his lips, she bragged on his mouth, his words, his sweet words. She bragged on his breath. She bragged on his hands. I believe in holding hands. Brother course, and I hold hands every time we walk down the street together. I believe in holding hands, privately or publicly. She, but By the way, if she bragged on his hands, she must have been looking at his hands. Would you know your husband's hands if you saw just... Would you know who it was if you just saw his hands? I told you the night, a little game we used to play when I was a kid, a young couple, young couple, rather, that the men would get behind the sheep, and the ladies would get in front of a the sheep. They'd put about ten holes about that big in that sheep. Each and men get back there and stick their nose through the holes. All you could see was ten noses. And the ten wives were supposed to pick out which nose belonged to her husband. You ever notice your husband's nose? Are <laughs> oh, the holes big a little? this this gal had noticed his hands she had noticed his eyes she talked about his eyes were washed with milk and fitless set and uh, she noticed his hands she noticed his cheeks his body his head he and she couldn't have bragged on him like she did if she hadn't have been observant about him as she bragged on what he was like. Now, some of you prudes don't like this kind of Bible study. That's because, that's why you're a prude. You're too sanctimonious. You do the find you you do the talk about the types in the tabernacle. But the honest, simple truth is, if we don't get our marriages straightened out in America, I'm not not talking about the queers now, I'm talking about Baptists. I'm talking about folks sitting out here in this room. Now, if you'll do what I'm teaching you on these Wednesday nights, you won't even have to come to my office for counseling. If you'll just treat each other like this couple treated each other, over and over again, in all of this, each person, each of the t- of the couple, the bride and the groom, kept their person nice and clean with a fragrant aroma. For each other. Deodorant. Bath. When I was a boy, we bathed once a week. Bathed in a number two tub. Had to get some water and heat it. I'd pull the water out of the well and put it on a wood stove and heat it and pour it in the tub. Then get some cold water out of the well and pour it to make the water warm. Then daddy'd bathe, then Mom would bathe, Lena'd bathe, and I'd bathe. I was a fourth one. There's more dirt in the tub than there was on my body. I was dirty when I got out and when I got in. But now I bathe I bathe every day. And you ought to bathe every day. You ought to be sure that you, you keep your teeth brushed, your breath is breath is, is okay. Your body odor is okay. You ought to use deodorant. Uh ladies, ladies ought to have some kind of a fragrance. And by the way, uh, the kind your husband likes. It doesn't matter what everybody else likes. Far too many of you ladies dress to please other men. You ought to dress to please one man. You ought to fix your hair to please one man. You ought to use the kind of perfume that appeals to one man. And this couple were personally, clean, attractive to each other. Now, what have I said tonight? It's a little hard to think I've said as much as I have, but I'll just give you the main points. And we'll close. This couple is apart. Again, I say, the time that you're apart and that re-entry time is, will do more to hurt or help your marriage than any other single thing. Listen carefully. They're apart. She on purpose, thought about him. They're apart. She stopped on purpose. Her heart woke up, and she loved him. She remembered while they're apart the pet names he called her. Sister, Love, Dove, Undefiled. She heard the doorknob turning, and she was excited because he was coming home. She was dressed nicely, and she had a happy, sweet fragrance. She rushed to the door to meet him and was excited and gave him a wonderful, affectionate greeting at the door. When he had to leave again, she hated to see him leave, and she let him know that she hated to see him leave. While he was gone the next time, she told others that she loved him. No shame about it at all, no embarrassment at all. She just bragged on him. And while she while he was gone, she told them how wonderful he was. And when she told them how wonderful he was, it was obvious that he was a man who spoke sweet words to her. It was obvious that she enjoyed kissing him and he enjoyed kissing her. It was obvious that he had kept his person acceptable. His body aroma, his breath, acceptable. It's obvious that they had held hands and she had observed his hands because she described his hands to these other people. It's obvious that she had looked into his eyes. It's obvious that she had felt his cheeks. It's obvious that she had looked into his face. It's obvious that she enjoyed his embrace. And she told people about it. If people could be together all the time, in my opinion, in my honest opinion, it'd be easier. To me, absent, the absence doesn't always make the heart grow fonder. Absence makes the heart grow fonder, but to me, presence makes the heart grow more, more fonder than the absence does. But you're apart. Now you shouldn't be apart in here. She thought about him up here and loved him here. And you should not be a part in your mind or in your heart. And then how excited she was when he came home. And how nicely she had dressed and how she had prepared herself for his coming. Rushes to the door to give him a wonderful, wonderful greeting. And then while they're together, he enjoys his company. And when it's time to go, she hates to see him go. And he knows she hates to see him go. And while he's gone, she tells others how wonderful he is and tells others how much she loves him. This one little lesson tonight could help your marriage more than all the psychologists, all the marriage counselors, all the psychologists and psychiatrists. If you just learn to be thoughtful on your part, Be happy, loving when you come back together. Enjoy each other's presence while you are together. And be sad when time comes to part again. And when the time comes to part again, you make it obvious to everybody that you love each other and make it obvious to everybody that your, that, that, that your wife or your husband is attractive to you. I trust that message was an encouragement to you and your family. Hope for the Home is designed to provide information, encouragement, and challenge that our homes would be more pleasing to God. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast so you won't miss any of the upcoming messages.